What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Keep It 111, where we keep it 111. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, as always, I'm Andy, and I'm joined by the other main man, Sanha. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. And uh, I'm sure the uh, the video folks can see the the black screen in my place. Uh, we're going through uh, some tough times with the uh, with the technical stuff, but uh, the grind doesn't stop. And today we're going to be going through some NFL stuff, training camp storylines, and uh, continuing the mini series uh, that Sanha is taking the lead on with fantasy football and er. what how we gotta how we gotta position ourselves to win all the all the money. I mean the leagues. Uh, and the money. And the money. Uh, <laughs> but um with it within, you know, uh within, you know, all the uh laws and whatnot. Uh and then we're gonna talk about EPL match week one, what we saw, what was it, what was impressive, what was not, and then what we can expect in match week two. We got some uh interesting games for sure. So let's uh talk about that. And then finally. We're going to talk about tennis. You know, it's like, I feel like it's becoming a, a pattern in, in recent weeks to talk about just a random sport. I think we should, <laughs> I know, I think it should constantly be a thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't hate it, you know, and maybe one of these days, you know, it's just going to be a matter of time before we get to cricket or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get there, we'll get there. We'll get... We're going to get to cricket. <laughs> We're going to get there. But without further ado, let's get it kicked off. Let's uh, talk about the NFL, man. Uh, what, what, what do you got for us? Uh, training camp storylines. Going on. Yeah, so um, obviously the preseason has, as in preseason games, have officially kind of started. Um, Hall of Fame game was last week. And so we got to see first NFL football in uh, in a long time. And as we gear up to the beginning of the season here, um, which is in a few weeks, uh, you know, there are there's a lot of talk, obviously, leading up to the season around training camps, what people are seeing during the practices, you know, how the rookies are doing, how the new quarterbacks are doing, how the new coaches are doing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, talk about some of the buzz that's that's going around the league, some of the some of the biggest stories around the league. Um, any particular, pick a team, Andy, pick any team and we can start there. Uh, well, as you know, we're going to go with my favorite, the New York Jets. <laughs> Let's do the New York Jets. <laughs> Wait, are the New York Jets actually your favorite team? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I mean, not, not, every, not every team that I root for. Was a perennial loser, man. Uh, for a hot second, I was about to say, I was about to say. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's start at the AFC East. We can start with the New York Jets, who are coming off obviously a disappointing season. Um, they had a rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson, last year who struggled. Um, so kind of all eyes are on him this offseason and this preseason to see how he develops and see if he can take that next step and really lead this team. Um the Jets, they obviously drafted with a very high pick, Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, 
to help Zach Wilson out. Um, they also got a running back, uh, Brees Hall, out of Iowa. <coughs> Iowa. <coughs> Iowa State? I think he went to Iowa State. I want to say he went to Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State. Anyway, um, a running back to also help him out. So they're obviously trying to give him as many weapons as they can in order to help him kind of succeed. Um, so hopefully this goes well for him. I think the big storyline for them this preseason has been Elijah Moore, who is one of their wide receivers who kind of really started popping off um, last season despite kind of the struggles of the offense and the and the overall team. Um, and there's just been a lot of talk about how much he's flashing, um, how well he's doing, how good he looks, how fast he looks. Um, and, you know, at, maybe he's poised to, to take yet another step forward and become a true superstar wide receiver. Who knows? I mean, he, he's a guy that runs, you know, 4.35, 40-yard dash, but he's only 5'10". I mean, do we really think, you know, he's the kind of guy that'll really excel at something? Yeah, he's he's pretty small um, for sure. But yeah, like you said, he's extremely fast. And the, really the most important thing is, so, you know, why we kind of are down on typically smaller receivers is because they're not as strong. They don't get as good a separation as maybe some of the bigger receivers might um, but I don't think Elijah Moore really had that kind of issue, um, last season. So I don't expect him to also run into that this season either. I think he's shown the ability to separate from defenders. Um, so I expect him to have a pretty big season this year. Nice. Nice. Um, let's move on in the AFC East to the, the New England Patriots. Also not your favorite team? Question mark. Uh, no, no, no. The, the Patriots are Patriots are <laughs> definitely my team at the moment. <laughs> at the moment. All right, all right. Anyway, um, so for the new, well, the- I, I, I can I can explain a little bit more about like why I say at the moment, but I mean. Um- but but yes, please go on. All right. Well, so the story for the New England Patriots is obviously they also had a rookie quarterback last year, Mac Jones, who played very well, especially for being a rookie and especially for not having any fucking like talent at all on in the receiving core. Um, and so I think the expectations are pretty high for him, but the problem has been apparently the offense has been struggling in the preseason and during training camp and the primary reason for that is uh their new offensive coordinator so matt patricia who has been their defensive coordinator and he's held multiple different positions on the defensive side of the ball he's best known for um calling plays on the defense uh like really really well um, over several different seasons, but for some reason, no one knows why. I well, maybe someone knows why. I don't know why. Um, Bill Belichick has decided that he's gonna move his defensive coordinator to offensive coordinator. Which this okay? So to explain, this is very very rare. I don't even know anyone else who's done this. It's extremely common that you focus on one side of the ball and you're an expert on that one side. Um, And even head coaches who are head coaches and supposed to 
you know, look at both sides of the ball, they still specialize in one side or the other. Bill Belichick is a defensive specialist. Um, Kyle Shanahan is an offensive specialist. Like, every head coach even has their specialty. And so to move um, your guy who's supposed to be, like, the expert on defense to a role where you're supposed to become now the expert on offense... I don't know. Like, that seems really sketchy to me. Um, apparently, it hasn't been working out very well yet. Uh, so, I don't, I don't know how that's going to shake out. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't understand why they would do that. It's, why can't they just hire a offensive guy I, to do an offensive job instead I, of trying to make, uh, you know, a square peg fit into a circular hole? That's, I, that's I, literally what they're doing. Yeah, they're they're trying to they're trying to do that. Um, That's a very suspect thing. It really is. It's it's the kind of move that you know if you're if you're a fan base like that can only attract criticism for sure. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's from from a surface level too. It just doesn't seem like a smart move, and it doesn't take you know the genius of a fan to see that. So uh, very questionable. Very very questionable. Um, but I mean, how do but. Like, do you feel that any of these new additions, you know, that they've made in the roster, any new faces in the receiving core, like, do they have the talent, you think, to put up some, put up a better looking performance than what we had last year? Listen, the talent is better because the talent couldn't get worse. That's, um, that's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the talent is still mediocre. I will say your your best receiver is Devonte Parker, who, you know, was supposed to be uh, the first wide receiver on the Dolphins and just never really cemented himself there, which is why he's no longer with the Dolphins, right? Um, so that's your best wide receiver, and and then there's Jacoby Myers, who was okay last season. There's Nikhil Harry, who can't run a route to save his life i i don't know man it's 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 looking rough out there ty montgomery ty monk (laughs) i'm not even gonna talk about ty montgomery my god the journeyman i don't even I don't even know what to compare Ty Montgomery to. He's just bad. He's just bad. There. Yeah, his, the, the the numbers uh, definitely don't. Uh, yeah. Look good. Um, he's just bad. Let's move on to another team. All right, I mean, let's go to the Dolphins, who have a I don't, lot. Uh, of by money. the way, I don't I don't have expectations of the Patriots this year. I mean, like oh, you know, okay. it, it'll it'll be more the same. You know. I think we got a good shot to play. Like you get a record over five hundred, but yeah, you know, I I think that's pretty much. I don't see the additions, yeah, especially to the receiving core, to really make me think that they're going to make a a meaningful push in the postseason. It's rough, man. It's rough. Um, yeah, let's let's move on to the Dolphins, for whom it's not rough. They got a new head coach, Mike McDaniel's from the San Francisco 49ers. So he was their offensive coordinator last year. He's the guy who uh, innovated with Debo Samuel um, and started using him as kind of a halfback, a hybrid sort of role. 
And then he comes to the Dolphins and they sign Tyreek Hill. Uh, they already had Jalen Waddle. Um, and so it's really kind of this is the year for Tua Tagovailoa, who is their starting quarterback, um, who has received a lot of criticism over the last couple of years for kind of mediocre ish play. Um, th- this is his chance. This is his last chance because now you have a new head coach who was an offensive coordinator for one of the best offenses last year. You have great weapons. Um, you have two of the most dynamic wide receivers in the entire league. Um, and then you also have this stable of running backs behind you, again, boosted by um, a, co- a head coach who is an, kind of an expert in the run game. Um, so all of the pieces are there for Tua. Um, it's really up to him on, on you know, how, he, how he does it. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think I think I actually like Tua this year a little bit because of all the pieces around him. I think he's going to be a good fit for the offensive system. I think being able to roll out, have a lot of play action, have a lot of uh, like sweeps and slants and uh screens to your wide receivers and to your running backs i think all of this plays into the strengths of tua and it's going to be very very helpful to him and having both tyree kill angela and waddle is going to help open up the field a little bit more for him as well um so he doesn't always have to make the deep throw like people are always people have been saying you know this guy uh he's bad at deep throwing which is also not technically true depending on how you define the deep throw um and so they've been saying you know it's a waste to have Tyreek Hill it's a waste to have Jalen Waddle these speedsters who can go deep um it's not they open up the field for you which means you have a lot more space in the middle where Tua really does um excel um and so I mean we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens but those are kind of the big big storylines for the Dolphins um Last team on the in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills, winners of the division last year. Um, obviously, it's gonna come back to Josh Allen how he's going to do. Um, the the big question here for the team is who? Well, actually, there are two questions. Number one, it's who's the second guy behind Stephon Diggs in the wide receiver core? A lot of the talk has been it's Gabriel Davis, who kind of came to the forefront later in um, the season last year after week 12, 13, I believe, um, and into the playoffs where he had a huge game um, going over 200 yards. And so all kind of eyes are on him. Uh, Reports have been saying positive things about Gabriel Davis. He looks good um, in the offseason. He's been making some nice catches. Um, He seems to be the number two guy there. The other question here is, in the running back room, who who's kind of the lead back? Like, who's going to get the carries? Um, is it Devin Singletary? Is it Zach Moss? Like, does he still have a role? Then they drafted James Cook out of Georgia, who is likely to have, like, a pass-catching role on third downs. So um, they have a stable of, of running backs who are, you know, okay, not great. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, I think they're probably the best bet to repeat as champions of the AFC East, the Bills are. But uh, we'll see. See where it goes. All right, Andy. Pick the next division by picking a team. Let's just go uh, AFC uh, Central. 
Why not? AFC Central. We have South, North, and West. Sorry, sorry. AFC North. North. All right, that's that's pretty. I was, I was mixing up baseball. Yeah, you were like, if that's MLB. <laughs> I was mixing up baseball versus. Which is also interesting. Like, why do they go like Central and not just like? Anyway, that's not. Well, I think it's a number of teams to divide into four divisions, and then because you can't do you can't do six divisions for the entire league. And do the six. numbers don't. The numbers don't. Wait, you have divide. eight divisions, don't you? In baseball, no, you have a. Uh, oh yes, you have six. Six, right, right, right. Three. So you need a central. Wait, what's the other yeah. one then? So you have northeast, southwest. Yeah, you have east, central, and west. Oh, and it's three. It's three per. Okay, okay. That, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Anyway, um, okay, AFC North. Um, I mean, I guess we start with the Browns. <laughs> who we've already talked about during this offseason with the whole Deshaun Watson drama. Um, it's not over. It's six It's six weeks now, but who knows if that could change. It could change. I mean, what? What? first of all, like, what are you thinking? I mean, like, I know things are going to change, but based on six games, let's say, uh, like, of course, it's going to damage the Browns' record. And, I mean, would you say, would you say that the Browns were, you know, Looking good to go the postseason had it not been for a suspension on Deshaun? Uh, yes, I think so. Because, I, well, I, I wouldn't say like super good because they're, they're in a tough division, but their defense is still extremely talented. Their offense is also pretty talented. They don't have like the greatest wide receivers, but, you know, they still have Amari Cooper. Um, so like... I think they have a very good chance at going to the playoffs if they had Deshaun Watson for all 17 games. Um, without Deshaun Watson, it becomes a little shakier, especially because their division is so tough, right? They have the Baltimore Ravens who have Lamar Jackson, and they have the Cincinnati Bengals who were just in the Super Bowl um, to compete with. And so it, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, that, that's a that's a pretty tough. I mean, the only team that you could definitively say they probably you, you like their chances over is the Steelers, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, I would guess that they're going to be better than Steelers for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you you never know. I mean, the Ravens kind of seem like a like a one trick pony in the offense. They definitely know? are a one trick pony, but that pony is also very good. It's it's a. <laughs> It's a stallion. <laughs> yeah, it's a one-trick stallion, really. <laughs> yeah. It's a one-trick sea biscuit. That thing is... Uh... Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the Browns. So all eyes are on, obviously, the Deshaun Watson situation. But also, recently, this is uh, recent news, uh, their second running back, Kareem Hunt, has requested a trade, which then the Browns declined. Kareem Hunt was like, I want to be traded. And Browns were like, no, thank you. So. I feel like they could have offloaded him for some good talent. I, they, they, they still have Nick Chubb. Yeah, I think so too. But um, I guess they really, really wanted him. They liked what was going on last year, which admittedly was very good. Like it was like like 14, yard, or 14 carries a game for Chubb, 12 carries a game for Kareem Hunt. Both of them were hitting like 100 yards. Like it was very, very good. And you know, if one went down, then the other could easily just, you know, pick up uh, where the other left off. So, 
admittedly a very, very good system. Also, I think the reason that the Cleveland Browns really want to hold on to him, at least for this season, is if they're going to be without Deshaun for half the season, they're going to heavily lean on the running game. And obviously having two RB1s, essentially, um, is going to be highly beneficial to them because they can run the ball like 30, 35, maybe even 40 times a game, right? Um, with two RB1s. So uh, we'll see what happens and how that shakes out. Kareem Hunt obviously isn't happy being say, playing second fiddle because obviously he's he's talented enough to be the, the first running back somewhere, but um, we'll see what happens. And we expect Jacoby Brissett to start the uh, games, right? Probably, I would imagine that's what... Yeah. Which is at the end of the world. No, it's not. It's not the worst thing in the world. Is okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess. Colts Colts legend Jacoby Brissett. I don't really know what to make of Jacoby. He's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. Um, Let's talk about the Steelers who are probably going to come last in this division because they need a new quarterback. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has retired, and now they are between Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and their rookie that they drafted in the first round, Kenny Pickett. Um, reports are saying that it is that is leaning towards Mitch Trubisky right now, which I'm not surprised. Uh, Trubisky <laughs> has a good arm. He's athletic, um, and he's not as bad as people think that he is because... I, well, I think while he did really, really, really suck while he was with the Bears, there are two things at play here. One is, while he was with the Bears, uh, his head coach, Matt Nagy, who was the offensive-minded coach there, he was just... That offense, I don't... Like, it was arguably the worst offense in the NFL, like, scheme-wise, game plan-wise, plays-wise. Um, I can't like off the top of my head, maybe the Seahawks had a worse offensive scheme. Maybe I think that's it. I can't think of anyone else who it might've been worse for. Um, yeah, it was probably between those two in terms of like scheme and like actual play calling. Like they probably had the two worst offenses. So that's number one working against him. Number two, uh, it's the fact that he came in so young, or so, like, raw. He only started 13 games, I believe, in college before coming into the NFL. 13 games. That's it. That's, that's, that's the extent of his starting career at the college level. So... That is, that, yeah, that is not enough for him. Yeah. I mean, we, we get that, but, like, this, this guy's, like, had, like you know, some NFL experience at this point. He's but the thing a- is, okay, but here's the thing. You have to combine one and two together, Andy. You have to combine the fact that he didn't have a lot of reps, and so he was super raw, and then he had a terrible offensive coach who he was training under. You see what I mean? Like, I mean, you're giving him a lot of benefit of the doubt, I think. Maybe, but I, I don't know. I We just... Last, se- last season two, when he was on the Bills as the backup to Josh Allen, we heard a lot of good things. And this year, we're hearing good things again. 
I just think I'm not saying that he's the greatest quarterback in the world. I'm just saying that he deserves to start in the league and he's maybe not as bad as people think that he is. Oh, I think that just says more about how much he's universally like, you know, flacked on more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Which is like, you know, I admit is like, I, I think, yeah, like he probably gets, you know, way too much criticism. And a lot of that has to do with like, you know, he's, he's a second overall draft pick and everything. And like, you know, there was a considerable amount of like, you know, expectations coming in. Yep. And, and you know, you got to live with that. And I, I mean, we'll see, you're right. I, like this is going to be a very different, um, it's a new experiment, right. Uh, uh, with the new franchise, I mean, but this is the clean slate. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It, this it, is it. If, this, if this isn't his season where he can show that he's like, he can still, you know, play at a starter, you know, quality, um, you know, this is kind of, I mean, you kind of have to chalk it up as a bust, don't you? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Um, th- this will be it for him probably. Like, I think, I think he has the talent to kind of remain as a good backup um in the league but if he if he can't really like stick it here he like this might be his last chance to be a starter yeah we'll see how that goes yeah we'll see um let's go to the the ravens here the one trick stallion of a team led by lamar jackson who um eyes are on i guess regarding his contract situation um I don't even know what's going on with that. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on that exactly of, of what he's doing. Um, I guess we'll see. He, he still needs to make a deal and he still hasn't done so. Uh, he's, I, I haven't heard anything new since the last time mm-hmm. we talked about this. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens there in terms of anything else. Um, I mean, it, the question is for them, who is their new like wide receiver one? Um, because they traded Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, to the the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so that's the big question. Um, I, reports have been that it may be Rashad Bateman. Um, but I think all of this really. It really benefits their tight end, Mark Andrews, who was already the target leader, target share leader last season. Um, but now, like, there's just there's zero competition for any targets at all. Like, they they have to like force feed him the ball. I don't know what else they can do. I mean, this is this is Mark Andrews' uh, uh, Travis Kelsey season. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, last year was kind of his Travis Kelsey season. I mean, this is the... already this is can be I a mean, repeat. Yeah, like, I mean, he definitely has the production, right? Yeah, to, yeah. To really hang with the, yeah, those guys. Yeah, he can. He can. Yeah. All right. Yeah, led, led the league in touchdowns for tight ends. Beasted. Led the league in yards, receptions. Like, yeah. Everything. Dude is, and it's only going up from here. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, Let's go to the Bengals, the Super Bowl runners-up. Is that what you call them? The losers? Runners-up. R- runner ups or runners up? Let's just call them the Super Bowl losers. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Super Bowl losers. Uh, eyes are on their offensive line, which they beefed up during the offseason. Um, seeing how they perform. Uh, 
signs are saying that it's positive and you know there really isn't like that much more to project here it's like you know they got a better offensive line jamar chase is now um a sophomore in the league no longer a rookie a t higgins got another year of experience um joe mixon gets to finally run behind a good uh offensive line um the sky's the limit for this offense um and they'll go as far as their offense can carry him which apparently was to be super bowl losers last year so um may- maybe the super bowl again who knows they could they could do it they've done I mean, it, it so they could and, do it again and this is a franchise that kind of got their monkey out their back too right and got a lot of young guys big right. game experience that's so. right kind of like you know they're they're just uh they just got this tailwind behind them right yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good stuff Uh, all right let's go to the afc south i guess yeah sure let's go i mean we can start with the easy one the texans here um they're bad (laughs) (laughs) um but one bright spot so remember if we go all the way back to the draft uh remember i was shocked when at third overall, the Houston Texans, they selected Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback right. out of LSU. I was shocked. I was shocked. Reports have been saying that he looks damn good. And remember, the story about this guy was that he played good football in 2019, but since then hasn't played good football. Reports are saying that he looks like the 2019 version of him. Which could make him the best player in the entire draft. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see during the season how how good he ends up being. But if he if if he lives up to the hype, um damn, like the Texans nailed it. I guess. Maybe. I don't know. They're still gonna suck, but <laughs> yeah, they're still it's, gonna put up points. Yeah, it's still know. silver lining. Uh <laughs> um next we can go to the jacksonville jaguars um i mean story here is obviously that they got a new head coach because the urban meyer thing was a fiasco did we ever talk about urban meyer thing oh i think we did a little bit actually anyway complete fiasco um you know kicking players you know was in ohio when the team was not in ohio and he was at a bar, woman that's not his wife. I don't know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, disaster, so no longer there. Um, Doug Peterson comes over, former head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, um, Super Bowl winner. Uh, he'll take over, and <clears throat> eyes are on the offense. Eyes are on Trevor Lawrence, who struggled for most of last year, but um has apparently taken good, uh, great strides, um, has gotten more comfortable with the speed of everything. Um, he'll get one of his uh, weapons back from injury, Travis Etienne, who he was with in Clemson, who was drafted with him in the draft, um, but never got to play last season because of an injury. So he'll get Etienne. Um, he'll get Christian Kirk, who they signed and, and gave big money to. Um, so... And then obviously Doug Peterson is an offensive minded coach, so he should get um, kind of better coaching there, better guidance there. The offensive scheme should be better. Uh, there are a lot of things working for for Jacksonville, um, and and they have a lot of athletes um, on their team. So 
you know, they, they might not be the best team in the league, but it wouldn't surprise me if they snuck in, you know, six, seven wins this year. <laughs> six, seven wins? And hey, look, listen, that's a lot for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, I guess compared to last season, I mean, they were they were dreadful. And, and yeah, Trevor Lawrence had an awful season, but, you know, I think everybody gave him a pass. Uh, but this season, are we really going to treat him the same? Probably not, right? Uh, like you said, tools, coaching, you know, second year, you know, there's, there should be a lot of improvement, you know, um, the recipe's there. So, I mean, if it doesn't work out, I mean, there's going to be a lot more scrutiny. This yeah, time, there's going to be a me. lot more scrutiny. Correct. Um, let's go to the Tennessee Titan. Um, story here is uh, Derek Henry's back, but uh, the question is, how how far can Ryan Tano really carry this team? Because listen, Derrick Henry is very good, and and he can carry the team to a certain extent. But the run game only gets you so far. At the end of the day, your quarterback needs to make some critical plays, and Ryan Tannehill wasn't able to do that last season, which is what you know bounced them from the playoffs. Right, three picks in that playoff game. Um, not all of them were his fault, but still. Um, so he loses his top target in AJ Brown in a trade to the Philadelphia Eagles during the draft. Um, and in exchange gets a rookie Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, who is similar to AJ Brown in a lot of ways, but obviously not as polished and not proven in the NFL. Um, so all the questions are going to be how good is Traylon Burks? Can he fill the hole that AJ Brown left on the Tennessee Titans? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe someday. Maybe, maybe one day. One. It, it, it's a very, it's a very big hole to fill, though. It is and a very good, yeah. For, for a rookie to do, so, I mean. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right, let's go to the Indianapolis Colts, last team here in the ASC South. Um, Your team. Yeah, my team. And I think people are pretty excited uh, about the Indianapolis Colts. So we... Uh, obviously had Carson Wentz, um, yeah, Carson Wentz away, um, because he's bad last year. Like, my God, he was so bad. Like I had so much copium last season. I was like, no, Carson isn't that bad. Like we can move with Carson. <laughs> like, my God. It and, was... then, and, then you, and, then you, and then you look back at yourself, like, like having uttered those words at some point recently and you're and you just actually copious you realize you were in a trance almost i man it was so sad it's just anyway that era is gone because we traded that motherfucker to the washington commanders and we actually got something for him how i don't know um because that guy's answer but um we then we turned around and we traded for matt ryan for the Falcons, who is old, but he's still got some good football in him. He's still got some but good football in yeah, him. Yeah, he's, he's Matt Ryan. Yeah. Like, old Matt Ryan is still better than Carson Wentz. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I agree. Um, Tom Brady's still 40. Well past 40. He's fine. You know? yeah, I, th- I think for the Colts, it's like they just had a hard time finding like a reliable starting quarterback exactly. for you know the last several years and like in my eyes so we had philip rivers two seasons ago 
right? Who is this like savvy veteran, but also kind of still a gunslinger who doesn't always make the right decision and it's kind of turnover prone. Matt Ryan is kind of like a better version of even Philip Rivers. Like he's a savvy veteran. He knows what it takes to win. He's been to a Super Bowl before. Um, the offense that he runs it ran in uh, in Atlanta is not so dissimilar from the system that Frank Reich runs. Uh, and he's not as turnover prone um, as as Philip Rivers was. So, like to me, that's the comparison. Like it's not a comparison to Carson Wentz. Like it's not even it's not even comparable. Like we need to compare back then to Philip Rivers. And if you're an upgrade over Philip Rivers with now arguably an even better team around you than Philip Rivers had, like are we? I guess we're dark horse candidates for a Super Bowl run. Um, I've seen that. I've yeah, seen that. like, and, and we got to go for it because we have a top 10 defense and we have the best running back in the league. We have a very good offensive line. Um, we have a couple of weapons. We don't have the best weapons in the world for Matt Ryan, but it's not the worst either. We still have Michael Pittman. We have Paris Campbell coming back from injury. Um, we have Naheem Hines for out of the backfield. Uh, we have Mo Ali Cox as our tight end. Like we we have some pieces, so um, yeah, it, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, I think we should be probably the favorites over the Titans to win the division with Matt Ryan. Um, I mean, don't forget Matt Ryan looked kind of decent. You know, yeah, he wasn't Falcons. bad last season, and the Falcons didn't have that many great pieces either. I mean, yeah, nothing. That trash. So, I mean, like, what? Why? Why can't you be optimistic? Uh, like, what changed? I mean, he just got one year older, I guess. Yeah, but I just, I don't know. I don't want to be disappointed little, again. Seems a little too good to be true. Yeah, copium. <laughs> the the, the wind condition seems too clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like... I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Hopefully, um. All right, the yeah. West. All right, um. We can start with, uh, hmm. They're all good. All the teams in this division are good. Yeah. Um, I guess we start, I will start at the top with the Denver Broncos. Uh, they, they obviously they have a new quarterback, Russell Wilson, who they traded for. Um, but what's interesting here is that, you know, they definitely did trade a lot for Russell Wilson, but they still have a lot of good pieces. They still have Cortland Sutton. They still have Jerry Judy. And Patrick got injured, but they still have uh, KJ Hamler. They still have, um, oh man, I don't even know how to say his name. Awunga Bulawa. Awunga. It's their tight end. Awunga Sure. Is that how you say his name? I don't know. Albert. <laughs> yes, Albert. Yeah, um, Albert. Who has also have been apparently tearing it up during training camp. Um, who's also very good. Then in the running back, they have Javante Williams. They have Melvin Gordon. Like they're loaded on offense. This should be the best season of Russell Wilson's career, undoubtedly. Um, so I think the Broncos fans are very excited, admittedly so. Uh, but they have a tough, tough division. To fight through because all four of these teams are very very good um next kansas city chiefs 
what is there to say? They have Patrick Mahomes. They lost Tyree Kill, but you have Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, it, you might see a little bit of a downtick, but, you know, you still got um, Martez Valdez-Scantling from the Packers. You got Juju Smith-Schuster from the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, to, to help replace him. Um, then you also, uh, you drafted Sky Moore, uh, so, you know, they still, they've replaced Tyree Kill with a number of different options. Um, you still have Patrick Mahomes, who is in his, who is in his prime. You still have Travis Kelsey, who was, again, a top two tight end, again, last season, despite injuries, despite missing a couple games, doesn't matter, still top two tight end. Um, so, yeah, they also, uh, picked up a... Did they pick up another piece for the offensive line? I can't remember. Um, maybe, maybe not. In any case, um, it, all signs look good. Sky Moore, they've been uh, using him in a lot of different ways. Speed sweeps, um, out of the backfield during this, the, the training camp. So uh, that's just another weapon for, for Andy Reid and company to use in the offense. Um We'll see how well they do. Obviously, if you have Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be a force to be reckoned. Um, what's next? Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders. Um, the Raiders. They dealt with some controversy because of their head coach who resigned last season halfway through. Um, and despite that, they didn't look terrible. Uh, and now they signed. What many people, who many people consider to be the best wide receiver in the league, Devontae Adams over from the the Packers um, on a huge, on a massive deal. Um, there's already some level of chemistry between him and Derek Carr. They were teammates in college. Um, it's part of the reason why Devontae wanted to come to Las Vegas in the first place. Um I'm sure that was the only reason he wanted to be in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sure. That's the only I'm reason. Sure. His best friend, Derek Carr. <laughs> 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 Who is also underrated. Um, anyway, uh, so, and then they have a new head coach in Josh McDaniels. The He was the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. See, it all circles back. Anyway, um, and so, you know, I think Josh McDaniels will be great for this offense i think Derek carr is a is a great fit for the kind of offense that he runs i think Devonte adams is also a fantastic fit for the offense that he runs so i think they have the right pieces there uh, they have a decent offensive line they have decent running backs um they have some weapons and on wide receivers they have darren waller as well who's a top three tight end um top four top five Top four, top five, tight end. Anyway, um, they they have a lot of the right pieces. Uh, their defense is not going to be the best, obviously. But in a league where, or in a division where defense is not the best, like on any of these teams, uh, yeah, you, you got to fight fire with fire, I guess, is, is what they're going for. Um, will Derek Carr be able to outscore Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert? We'll see. We'll see. No, but uh, <laughs> let's talk about Justin Herbert. The Chargers. Um, I mean, obviously, Justin Herbert played extremely well last year. I think he proved that he's a top five quarterback in this league, um, undoubtedly so. Um, the questions here are, 
do the Chargers finally get over the hump? Because it feels like they've had one of the most talented rosters in the league for like three years straight. Um, and last year, they even had a franchise quarterback, a top five quarterback, and they still somehow could not get over the hump for... I don't know why. Um, I think what what this really means, like, uh, is that for their head coach Anthony Lynn, who came in and or uh, sorry, uh, Brandon Staley, the new head coach, um, he is like he he has to prove kind of that he has what it takes um, to be a head coach in this league. This is his first head coaching. Uh, gig and he has a team that has it all except for that one factor of kind of like getting over this hump so if Brandon Staley comes into kind of a, a high pressure situation if you will because like you have a very good team which is good obviously if you're a new head coach but you are also playing in an extremely difficult division and the expectation is that you make the playoffs and make a run so, I don't know. Like, well, it's, it's it's the it's the curse of being a, a coach of a team that's good. I mean, you you have the tools for success, yeah, but you also have no excuses for failure. Exactly. Like last it's, year, uh, it didn't work, but um, who knows? Maybe maybe this year it does. Um, all right, uh, let's go to the NFC. Pick a division. Uh, let's just start with the East. The East. All right, we're just going to go rapid fire here um, for some of these. Washington, um, they suck. They have Carson Wentz, obviously. Um, all right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in, in all seriousness, though, they, they're going to be they're, – they're probably going to be bad. Um, their defense has some very, very good pieces. They have potential – like, in terms of, like, talent potential, they could be a top-five defense. They were not that last season. Maybe they can bounce back. Um, the the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Jalen Hurts mania. They traded for AJ Brown. Um, the big questions are here: are can Jalen Hurts make the next step? Um, now that he has, he, he now there's no there's there's no more um, there's no more excuse. Like you have AJ Brown and you have Devonte Smith. You have two wide receiver ones. Um, and you have Dallas Goddard, who is a very, very good tight end. Um, and then you have a stable of running backs. You have no excuse. Like, you get it done here or you don't. Um, we'll see what happens. I think for fantasy production, he's gonna, still going to be very good because of his legs. Um, but, man, is he is he going to prove that he's a top 15 quarterback in the league? I don't know. Um, I guess we go to the New York Giants. This is it. This is this is um this is Daniel Jones's last chance. This is it. Danny uh, Dimes. Yeah, Danny Dimes. This this is this is this is it for him. Um, he has Kenny Galladay. He has uh, what's his face? Saquon. I mean, he has Saquon. He has Kadarius Tony, um, who who came uh to the forefront um last season. So he has the pieces. His offensive line is a little better. They obviously used their first round pick, Evan Neal, um, to to pick up um, and improve their offensive line. So, and and this is it for him. This is it for Danny Dimes. He's he's had a lot of opportunities. Um, 
And this is probably going to be his last one as he enters, I believe, his contract season. Um, I think this is it, right? I would imagine. That this is I don't think this is his contract season. He hasn't been here around that long. No, no, this is, yeah, this is the final year of his contract. Wow. That's how long he's been around. That's what I'm saying. I feel like it, well, it's like because of like the injuries and everything. Like he hasn't always been like, right. Yeah, on the field. It yeah, just doesn't feel like it. Again. And then the Giants declined their option to like pick him up for his fifth year. So, Ooh. yeah. So this is literally they're, they're putting him on the hot seat. Exactly. Literally telling him this like, is yeah. actually it. Like he needs to do it now. Um. So yeah, I I, I guess we'll see what happens. But uh, that that that's what it is. That's where we're at. Um. The Cowboys, uh, last team here. Um, Cowboys will be interesting. They don't have Amari Cooper anymore, but obviously CD, they still have CD Lamb, who is a, a wide receiver one in this league. They have a couple of wide receivers who can play the second fiddle role. Michael Gallup, who's injured right now. Jalen Tolbert, who's a rookie, who has apparently kind of filled that role during the training camp um, and, and the preseason here. So... Um, all eyes are on that. Um, and then the secondary thing here is that um, how much does Ezekiel Elliott play? Uh, Tony Pollard has come up and, and taken a lot of carries from him last season. Um, but Jerry Jones has then come out and said that Ezekiel Elliott has to be like the centerpiece of this offense. Like he has to be the focus. But I don't know if that's necessarily true. Tony Pollard was better um, snap for snap, um, carry for carry. Uh, compared to Ezekiel Elliott last season, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, but um, I like Tony Pollard's talent, and Zeke seems to be just getting older and slower and fatter every year. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, where where are we going? North, east, west, south. North. North. All right, let's start with the Detroit Lions. They're also just going to be bad. Um, Feels really bad, honestly. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, I don't know what to say. Like, they're going to be bad. What's changed, really? Uh, they Yeah, they, they drafted a wide receiver who is injured, and we don't know when he's going to come back. Um, they got DJ Chark they paid 10 million dollars to who is talented certainly and he's gonna help stretch the field which could actually help Amon raw st brown who was um maybe their best receiver last year um so fantasy from a fantasy perspective i think i really like Amon raw i really like deandre swift um but outside of that yeah i don't know uh this team is is not very good um let's go to the bears who uh are also kind of mediocre. Uh, Justin Fields was a pleasant surprise last season. He was better than maybe some people expected. Other people expected him to be really good. So I guess they were smarter than me. Um, but we'll see this season if he can take another step forward. Um, the problem is that he doesn't have any weapons. Uh, he has Darnell Mooney, who is a wide receiver one. Uh, he's good. He's not amazing. He's not like a top 10 wide receiver. He's not a... A top 15 wide receiver? Probably not. Is he a top 20 wide receiver? Maybe not even. Um anyway, anyway, that that's all he has though. He he has no weapons. So um I don't know what the Bears are doing because 
they're certainly not setting up Justin Beals for success. So dumpster fire. Um, uh, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Captain Kirk. And the problem with the Captain Kirk team is that you can change things, but it's still nothing changes because you just have Captain Kirk. And he and and he's just the same no matter what. So hey, he he will be the he would be the limiting factor on any yeah roster like, that yeah, yeah. Like he heads right yeah. So it's just like you can change things, but as long as you still have Captain Kirk, you're still a Captain Kirk team. Um, Justin Jefferson is still going to be very very good. I expect him to be the best wide receiver in the league this year. Um, then you have Dalvin Cook, who hopefully can stay healthy, and if he can. He's a slam dunk top three wide receiver in the league. So um, we'll see what happens. The Vikings, I don't expect them to make any like splashes in the playoffs or anything like that. Um, last team here, the Green Bay Packers, A-Rod. A-Rod? A-Rod? A-Rod. A-A-Rod. 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 Correct. Not to be confused with A-Rod. Yes, not to be confused with A-Rod or A-A-Ron. From Key and Peel, but AA Rod. Um, AA Rod, yeah. AA Rod loses his favorite target, Devontae Adams, and in exchange receives an injured rookie. <laughs> um, so that's not good. Um, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, is is this team's gonna go as far as Aaron A A Rod carries them? Um, but in order to do so, he needs to have chemistry with his wide receivers, and he is notably, notably picky with his chemistry um, regarding his pass catchers. So, um, hopefully, he can. He can get some good chemistry with some of his his wideouts, his newer wideouts. Um, the, the training camp news has been that um, Romeo Daubs, Dubs, it's D O U B S. I don't know how to pronounce that. Maybe it's Daubs, Dubs. I don't know. Um, reports are that he has been flashing in training camp, um, despite being, I believe, he was a fourth round pick. Fourth round pick. Yep. So um I don't know. We'll see. Um let's move on to the South or West? South. To the South. Uh I we start with the Atlanta Falcons, right? They're also going to suck. Wow, the NFC yeah. just sucks. Man. Um they're going to suck because they don't have a quarterback. Um it's Marcus Mariota, who I have a running bet with a buddy from work that this is from like three years ago four years ago three years ago this is from three years ago i have a running bet with him and i promised him that marcus Mariota will on no team on no roster in any capacity win a super bowl ever in his career uh yeah i would i wouldn't bet against you on that that was <laughs> one-to-one odds Definitely not one to one. Uh, it's pretty close to one to one odds. So, um, yeah, not uh, not the smartest That's, bet from him. Yeah, I would not. It's <laughs> uh, it's a risky. Whoa, bet. Wait, 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 wait! Did you did you 
Was the bet that like a roster that he leads doesn't make it to the Super Bowl? No, that it was on? literally in any capacity on any roster. That's yeah, how confident had... I am. I mean, one to one is still just a very good bet. Yeah. Like it's at that point, like, you know, because like as far as I can see, yeah, like if he's going to win it, it's going to be as a sub. And like at that point, it's just like a statistical, you know, take your pick one out of 30 or whatever, right? It's it ain't going to happen. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Anyway, that's where the Falcons are at. Eyes are on Kyle Pitts and first round pick Drake London, who they took in the top 10 to the surprise of some. And yeah, um, we'll see. Uh, the criticisms were that Drake London won't be able to separate at the NFL level, that he doesn't have the top end speed. Uh, training camp has been mixed reviews um, ar- around Drake London. Some of it good, some of it bad. I don't know. I don't really know what to make of it. I, I think I just have to see him in action and, and see how he does. Um, hopefully, for the sake of the Falcons, he pans out because they spent a top 10 pick on him. I really hope he pans out. Um, then they just have Kyle Pitts, who is due for some positive touchdown regression, meaning he should get some more touchdowns this year than he did last year because he only had one last year, which seems blasphemous for being like the top target on an offense, even if it's bad. He played 17 games. He had one touchdown. I mean, uh, Julio Jones was kind of like that when he was on the Falcons, too. Yeah, a little bit, but it wasn't one touchdown over 17 games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. Um, it's just... But by, by Julio Jones' like, standard, it was it was kind of yeah. know, glaringly Yeah, for you know, a top wide receiver in the league, it was suspicious for sure. But um, one touchdown, 17 games, bro, just statistically unlikely to happen again. Um, Maybe it's just something about playing with Matt Ryan. <laughs> you just don't score touchdowns? I mean, he, Matt Ryan just doesn't like you all of a sudden when you get to the rest <laughs> Um. All right, let's go to the Panthers. Um, obviously, the quarterback is uh, quarterback position is at the in the eye of everyone here because they got baker mayfield they did it they got yes, him sir yes sir so um mr progressive yeah i does he still have that commercial i don't know um probably not <laughs> i'll be shocked i would also be shocked um I, I would have to walk into their offices and be like i need to advise i mean your, he, uh, marketing he is still because- a starter um yeah i don't still a starter so i guess it's possible that he anyway um the, the, the stigma has caught up though at this point. oh yeah no for sure the, the stigma has has certainly caught up um let's go to the the saints here um questions here are is Jameis gonna be good can he be good can he be I don't know. Is the loss of time Montgomery going to be too much for them to handle? Jesus Christ. <laughs> the interesting thing about this is that um, they have some key players who either were injured or not playing last season for whatever reason coming back. So they have 
Michael Thomas, who's back, healthy, running, he looks good. They have Alvin Kamara, healthy, he looks fine, he's going to play. So, and then they drafted rookie out of Ohio State, Chris Olave. Um, they have some pieces here for, for Jameis. They still obviously have a very good offensive line. Their defense is very, very, very good. Um, so this could be a potential Super Bowl contending team, but it all relies on Jameis. And my God, if the hopes of my team relied on Jameis Winston, I would be tempted to run away and go get some crab legs. I don't know. Um, Good place to do it. Nothing better. Man, I, for, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, that offense is stacked, though. It's stacked. My God. But Jameis just has to <laughs> and, be good. And you didn't even mention Jarvis Landry. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even talk about Jarvis Landry because you don't even have to talk about him. They have enough pieces. Um, Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, The Buccaneers. good thing about... Huh? Buccaneers. Yeah, the Bucks. Um, Brady's back. Again. For the umpteenth time. Uh, the they also got Julio Jones, which is weird. To think about that's so bizarre. Um, and otherwise, most of their team is intact from last year. Uh, the problem is that their interior offensive line is injured and and bruised, and it doesn't look good. Um, it doesn't look good, and the, the problem is is that. That's Tom Brady's biggest weakness is having the 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 pocket collapse on him from especially the interior because Tom Brady's a player who he was never very mobile to begin with but obviously now in his older age he's very immobile he does not move around well um and his his signature is when the edge kind of folds into him is stepping up in the pocket but the only way that you can step up in the pocket is if your interior offensive linemen are holding still and steady. When you have weaknesses there all across the interior offensive line, oh man, I don't know if Tom Brady is going to be able to step up in the same way. And Tom Brady gets notably worse when he is under pressure compared to when he is not under pressure throwing the ball. So... I'm a little concerned for him this season um, because he's I, I would imagine that he's going to be under more pressure more frequently this season than in seasons past. And when he's under pressure, he does not throw the ball well. Alrighty. The West. The West. The Arizona Cardinals, they had traded for Marquise Brown. Um... They're also similar to the Chargers, wherein they have to get over the hump again. Um, Tyler Murray got his contract as well, so like everything's in place. Everything's in place. You know, something weird. You want to talk about Kyler Murray a little bit? Um, something weird in his contract. So like they included in his contract that that he has to. Oh man, what is it? Um. He has to like watch because he never does. Yeah, it's like something very weird. Like, 
Okay, wait, let me let me try to find it. It's also a very team-friendly contract as well. Um, so like the numbers look very, very big, but it's very, very um team-friendly, which is obviously um good for them and kind of helps to protect them a little bit. Um there are, you know, obviously like incentive bonuses, salary escalators, and all that stuff. But um yeah, I can't find it for some reason. Contract watch film or something? Is that what it is? Oh no, okay, okay. So this this is the story. So they had a homework clause in his original contract. Where it was like this independent study clause where like he like had to do like some level of independent study in his co like contractually. But then they removed it because of the quote unquote distractions that it was causing. But like man, if you're a team and your your franchise quarterback has to be told to like watch tape and you know do those kind of things like take the extra step and and I I w I just wouldn't forget about that, which is all probably why like they they got such a favorable contract too, right? But um and I don't know. I don't I don't doesn't sit well with me. Um the LA Rams. Uh Super Bowl winners. The problem here is that Stafford is injured. They got Allen Robinson, but Stafford is injured. He has this weird, like, what is it? Elbow injury? Yeah, elbow injury, which apparently is very, like, an odd injury. Something that's not super common in quarterbacks. Um, I don't know. For a guy who really relies on his arm strength and all of that, it's... uh. It's tricky, very tricky. So, I, I Matt Stafford is a guy who is probably willing to kind of play through it, but um, the better the better the elbow than the shoulder. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but apparently, it's like similar to like a thrower's elbow, like what pitchers would get in the in baseball. Yeah, those are not nearly as bad as rotator cups. Right, right, for sure, for sure. It's not as bad as a rotator yeah. cup, but it's just, it's strange that he would get that as a quarterback. Because he throws so damn much. Yeah, well, he throws no damage, but it's not the same. The, the reason that it's so abnormal for quarterbacks is because it's not the same motion as pitching a baseball. You know what I mean? Right. No, it's not. Yeah, it's a very, very different motion, and so it's unlikely that 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 would happen. So I, I don't, I don't know. It's very weird. Very weird. Um. Hopefully, hopefully, it doesn't bother him too much. San Francisco 49ers, Trey Lance. Um. Is he gonna be good? I've watched a decent amount of training camp highlights of of Trey Lance throwing to Brandon Ayuk. It's been all over Twitter. Um, and people are like, oh my gosh, look at that deep ball to Brandon Ayuk. And on every single one of those balls, the balls are fucking wobbly as shit. And I'm just like, this is your highlight? Like, Trey, you're, you're your starting quarterback throwing a wobbly as shit ball down the field? Um, 
I don't know. I was never a, a fan of Trey Lance because of the way he throws the ball. And it doesn't... The ball just doesn't come out in a spiral. And I hate it. And... It's very aesthetically unpleasing. Yes, but also it's not like... It's obviously very... It's easier for... It's much easier for a wide receiver to catch a ball with a tight spiral because it falls into your hands versus a wobbly ball where you kind of have to adjust, right? Right. Um, Which is what... Ayuk had to do on each one of those catches on the highlights. I like I, I I saw him kind of like juggling the ball to catch it because it was so wobbly. Oh man, I I don't feel good. I don't feel good about it. Um Yeah, but the the Niners are extremely talented on both sides of the ball. Um they should be a good team. They should be a good team. They'll push for a Super Bowl run. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, they're going to be bad. They don't have a quarterback. They still have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett for some reason. But they don't have a quarterback, so why does it matter? doesn't matter. Um, that's it. They're bad. And that's it, right? That's all of them? We got all of them? That's all of them. We hit all of them. Hit it. Oh, man. All right, man. Do I have to really talk about tight ends? I don't know, man. I feel like, I mean, how are you doing on time? Um... I mean, already an hour you know let's talk about tight ends next time i'm 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 done i'm tired epl uh match week one i mean uh, i know you're tired but um yeah let's spare go us to a couple Apple. minutes yeah let's uh, spare, us, spare us a couple minutes to tell us uh, how you feel about uh manchester united no, getting, you know uh, how I feel. absolutely sunned by brighton um you know i feel great andy i feel great because what I expected to happen happened. You suck. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on the Ronaldo situation? If he's gonna be like this, you might as well sell him. I think so as well. I mean, there is no point in keeping toxicity in the locker room like that unless he's integral to you winning something. Which, Which is not the case. Yeah, so just sell him. I don't understand. Like, yeah, get, get something cheap back. Uh, uh, like, just get like a small fee, I think. Yeah, yeah literally anything. Yeah, whatever you can get. Just Also, his salary must be massive anyway, right? Yeah, just the fact that you're getting his wages off is probably also good. Yeah, be, like. A big relief, yeah. Fuck. Very, very bad. Um, where are they playing next? Brentford? Yeah. How do you feel about that? We should win, but we may not win. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um. Yeah, Unfortunately. I don't know. Uh, homecoming for Christian Erickson. Uh, I guess. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, I mean, I guess I'm sure Brentford holds a special place in his heart. Uh, yeah, definitely. And, but I, I, I thought it was an interesting setup by Tan Hog last week. It looked like Erickson was kind of playing like up front the most, uh, which was interesting. I'm not used to seeing Erickson playing so high up, but um, I mean, he can he he, he has some uh, attacking prowess. 
He definitely does, but I I personally believe that that's not the best way to use him. I mean, he yeah, he's be, a facilitator at heart. He he should be yeah he should be utilized deeper. And and before. and he, he can make some long hands. shots, but yeah, he's a facilitator. Yeah, um, Man City dude, um, Holland, Holland's okay. You know how I said you know I thought okay Gabriel Jesus probably has like you know. Uh, he's a dark horse for the golden boot. I mean, I take that back. It's over. Uh, <laughs> it's over. Kinda, it's already yeah. over. As soon as I saw that De Bruyne feed to Holland, I'm like, oh man, Jesus Christ! I, I knew it was. I knew this was going to be the future, but I didn't expect it to be to gel so, fast. so soon. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, like my God, they're already doing this. Um, yeah, Holland is nuts. Um, it's over. <laughs> yeah, dude, um, it's over it, I, yeah man city are already looking kind of and west Ham mind you is like they're, they're not a bad side like, no they're not bad at all man city just comfortably just dispatched them it's and early too it was like quick it was just like boom boom done yeah and there was really no trouble yeah yeah it's um, just um jesus i yeah, looking more like uh, their league to lose, I guess. Yeah. Um, They're monsters. We, we, Liverpool drawing against Fulham. I, I feel like that's just like a, you know, first match. The of classic the year. just, yeah, yeah. Jitters, you know, and, and they'll get over it. Yeah, they will. They'll, they're going to be fine. They're going to be just if you're, fine. If you're Fulham, like, that's a very big confidence boost. You know oh, what I mean? for sure. For sure. You come into the league. Yeah, like, like the... Uh, Bournemouth too, for that matter. You know, taking down Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Steven Steven Gerrard. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, the, for teams like that who are coming up for the like for their first game, um, like they have to be so like, like scared, like in their first game, right? Of like, oh, yeah, super relieved to start off on the yeah, especially when you're going up against a team like Liverpool, like. Jesus, yeah. you just played and an entire yeah, yeah, even Aston Villa, you just played an entire season in a fucking championship against championship teams, and now you're fucking playing against Liverpool. Like, holy. Yeah, like and and you, you fleeced them. Like that's yeah. a, that's a really good result. Yeah. That's a really good result. Good uh, for them. Uh what what else is there? Um Chelsea, um, Everton. Oh, I mean, man, I, I just don't know about Chelsea adding Raheem Sterling. And they just kind of got like a Timo Werner-esque player. And they just replaced him with that. Timo Werner is out. And in comes Raheem Sterling. Yeah. And, you know, I think everybody agrees that Raheem Sterling is probably a better player. Yeah. But the finishing issues are always going to be there as well. Just like Timo Werner had. We didn't think that he had finishing issues, but they started arising. When yeah, somehow, Chelsea. yeah. And what makes us think that uh, Raheem Sterling is going to resolve those issues completely? I mean, he's not going to resolve them completely. Um, they, I don't know. They, they, need a, they need a good striker. They don't really seem to have one. Um, I guess they have Broya that they had on loan at Southampton. Who eh. did a good job. Who did a good job. He was, he was one of their best players. But yeah. Just not like a Chelsea quality starting. Yeah, he's not. Player. He's not like a top, like a top three team starting day in and day out striker, right? Uh, unless he develops into one, which is possible. He's which just... is possible. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I mean, outside of that, Tottenham, 
looking very, very good. I don't know about you, man. This is uh, this is Tottenham's year to try to challenge. Yeah, the top two. I agree. I I think it's looking very, very impressive. And the thing is, you know, a four-one score without Kane and Son on the score sheet—that's huge. I think it's it's showing that the team, like you know, is has made strides in you know evolving to not just become a you know a team that's reliant on their two star players. And finally Arsenal beating Crystal Palace 2-0. I mean Jesus did not score but this is kind of the result that we expected. Um surprising to not see uh you know Arsenal you know dominate possession like you'd expect in Mikel Arteta side to do. Typically, yeah. Um what I mean, they got the job done. Um, I still think jury's kind of out on some of their pieces. I think people still expect that they should be, you know, top five at least, maybe top four. So, and um, I think it's a little bit too early to really assess, you know, um, how really, yeah, I, I expect it. Maybe. Yeah, still too early to say. Um, but, you know, like, like we said earlier or last week, uh, it's going to come down to haze. Yeah, like can he bang in twenty? Yeah, right? exactly. he needs to bang in like twenty. At least like twenty. That. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what he needs to do. Um, let's talk about next week, I guess. Um, I mean, let's first talk about the biggest match: Chelsea versus Tottenham. Tottenham going to Stamford Bridge, where they struck out last year. They struck out. Um, a lot of those games were under Nuno. Um, I think I think one of them was under Conte and um, which still ended up being an L. Big L. Chelsea Chelsea had been coming off a Champions League winning season at that point last season, right? And their squad just looked better. And just about the only dysfunctional part of that squad was Romelu Lukaku. Lukaku. And now this is a squad that has far more problems than that. Um, I mean, I don't know. I am still not going to say Tottenham's a favorite to win this match. I don't think so. It's at Stamford Bridge. Like Tottenham has had chronic pains when playing in that uh, stadium. And okay, yeah, the gap between the teams on paper has significantly closed. I I understand that, but I think I think on paper it, Tottenham's better. Um. You don't think so? I, I cautiously would agree with that. Yeah, I, I think cautiously, I cautiously would, would agree with that. But the thing is, is that I still think, um, well, no, I, I think. No, you're better. You're 100% better. Listen, listen, Andy, Andy, Andy. No, no, the, the individual pieces yeah. are on par. But I think Tottenham has proven that they could play such that the some other parts should equal more. I guess at the end of the day, um, but Chelsea. I mean, let's not forget. Like Chelsea has a like a much much superior backline, like much 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 superior. True. And their midfield too is preferred. The um, only thing that Tottenham is clearly yeah. better in is their front line. But it's also a lot better. It's a lot better. It's a lot better. It's like it's it's. Mm. Tottenham has the two best players. Um, yes, that's true. Uh, if you collect the front line, but yes. Chelsea probably has their third, fourth, fifth, maybe even fifth. I don't know about fifth. 
Raheem Sterling's better than anybody else in the Tottenham front line. That's right? true. Yeah. And you could argue that Havertz is as well, for sure. Uh, okay. And, you know, from then on, it's, you know, okay, maybe Kulisevsky's the next best player, but, <laughs> um, you know. Don't, don't count out Richarlison. Uh, I, I, I rate Kulisevsky higher than Richarlison at the moment. I think that's fair. No, I think that's fair. Kulisevsky's been really, really good. But Richarlison's also very good. Richarlison's a very, very nice uh, premium piece off yeah. the bench. That's for sure. This is very good. But, but yeah, like, uh, I, I don't know, man. And then, the, and then the goalkeepers are kind of, I don't know. At, at some point last year, we thought Mendy was, like, like God level. Yeah, right? I mean, but, I mean, I don't know. Like, for me, goalkeep- like, goalkeepers at that level, they're, like, practically speaking, they're the same. Yeah, so, like, at the end of the day, I, I can't I can't really, like, give, like, you know, Tottenham the nod when, like, Chelsea still has, at the end of the day, they have Koulibaly, they have Reese James, and, like, Bell, Ben Chilwell. Like, that's so much better. That is really than, good. like, what Tottenham has at the back. That's so, fair, that's fair. I'm not going to be, like, you know, Tottenham is clearly better on paper. I mean, you might be right, but it's – I can – what the only thing I can clearly say is that the gap is closed significantly. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's all I can really say. Um. But I, I don't know. I think I hope Tottenham wins, but you know, I think you know my my uh, my brain is telling me that we, we we should probably expect like a a draw or probably a Chelsea win. I think. I, let me just say that if if Chelsea wins, I'm actually not going to feel that bad because I yeah. don't really think it's it's because it's it's at the end of the day it's at Stanford Bridge. Yeah, exactly. It's always historically gone wrong for us. So it's As not... long as you put up a good fight, you're not going to feel bad. Yeah. Um If you get crushed, you're going to feel bad. I don't think we're going to get crushed. I don't think you're going to get crushed either, but I'm just saying if you do. Yeah, yeah, that, like if we see like if we see like three goals or more of a deficit, we feel bad. Yeah, then maybe you feel even bad. Two even two yeah. even two look, look, if you lose if you lose 2-0, you're going to feel bad. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. You should uh, not be losing two. Come on. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't, I think we'll definitely score. I think uh, yeah, this offense is too good. Um, what else is there? Uh, uh, we talked about Man United, Brentford. You, I also think Man United should be Brentford. I mean, this is come on, like, like what are we doing here? This is a Brentford without Christian Eriksen. We're doing like, United things. Like, like, what, what are we, what are we We're doing? United we, things. I mean, the only problem is like, you know, maybe like, you know, Ivan Tony does something crazy against Harry Maguire, which, uh, wait, I'm starting to think about that. That's actually uh, could happen. Doesn't hey, take a lot. Can I ask a question? Why the hell is Harry Maguire still starting over Raphael Veron? I, I, that escapes me. Um, but I, as he's the cat. That's 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 ridiculous, dude. Um, Aston Villa versus Everton, man. Who do you have? <laughs> Probably Villa, right? Uh, uh, I guess. I don't know. The problem with me and, and like Everton is that they still have talent. Yeah, but uh, they have Dominic Calvert Lewin, who's injured. I think for. Um, I don't think he's coming back this match week. Um, maybe he is. Like, dude, they're so talented. They have uh, Deli Alley 
who I yeah. cannot believe. I still can't believe that man hasn't broken into the starting 11. That must mean he is really bad. Or something. <laughs> like, something's going on. Like He must be so bad. He's lost the starting spot to Alex Iwobi. Come on, dude. Maybe he's toxic. Washed Alex Iwobi. I don't think he's toxic, dude. I don't think he's toxic either, but like, what, what other explanation is there? Like, How do you go from... He's just lazy. God, it's bad. Like, he's like... He's like Paul Pogba, except not as toxic. Like the work <laughs> ethic is Paul Pogba esque. Yeah. Oh my God. And the potential is Paul Pogba esque too. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Um. Bad man. Arsenal versus Leicester. I think that should probably go to um, uh, Arsenal. Leicester City is like on the verge of like just selling the entire farm right now. Like Fofana's like. Chelsea is down bad for Fofana right now. Like, I'm seeing, like, 70, 80 mil. Like, it's insane. Oh, you, dude. It's... Leicester is just better Southampton. Well, I, I, yeah, so considering Southampton is, like, borderline relegation targets this year, I think. Yeah, no, no, I mean, not, not, like, not, like, this, like, only this year. I mean, like, in, like, archetype of team. Yeah, I, I would say so. Like, yeah. in that, like, just a pretty balanced team. Yeah, they're like a balanced farm team. <laughs> but, but, like, they're, like, what? To, that's farm, what, to farm points. That's what they are. No, they're literally farm teams. They, like, they, like, have, like, they somehow, like, bring up good talent up, like, through academy or youth or whatever. And oh, you then, meant farm in that sense. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, Funnily enough, I think both apply because I think they're both. Yes, both I mean, apply. Yes, both do recent, apply. Recently, they've been very prime. Uh, yes, yes, know, yes. Farmable uh, uh, points. Yes, this yeah. is true. But um, both do apply. But um, yeah, it's just that's how I feel about them. And it's always those teams that play like, you know, kind of open progressive football while not having nearly enough talent to justify doing that against the top six sides. Yeah. Do it anyways. Yeah. Um, those are really the farmable teams. Um. Brighton should be a farmable team. Although Brighton fares very well against lower sides, Brighton should be a farmable team because they're just an inferior, you know, squad on paper that tries to play a top six side brand of football, which I respect, but you, you're you just playing into the hands of a better squad on paper who will just do everything that you do, but better. better yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, Leicester's also one of them. I, I think Arsenal should... You know, they should probably squash um, Leicester. Man City should squash Bournemouth. No questions asked. Man City uh, should squash almost everyone. Yeah, well, except Tottenham and Liverpool. Yeah, probably. except yeah. Tottenham, Liverpool. And maybe Chelsea, because Chelsea's defense is strong. Chelsea's defense is strong. I mean, yeah, um, yeah we'll see. We'll really run Koulibaly and, you know, the, the guys to the test against um, Tottenham this weekend. And Liverpool should do quick work at Crystal Palace. Um, that's about it for EPL um, for me. I mean, anything, anything you want to add? All right. Well, uh, exciting match week too. I gotta say, like, it seems like outside of like Chelsea, Tottenham, it's kind of a snooze fest. I mean, I don't really see. Yeah, spicy it's lineups. Not super exciting. Yeah. Yet. All right. Well. Let's uh let's wrap up this podcast uh, with talking briefly about tennis. Uh, the breaking news: Serena Williams is going to retire after the U.S. Open. Apparently, 
that is uh and the u.s open by the way is now you know well is a uh, end of august um late august um until until 9 11 actually um i wonder if that's i i saw that and i was like is that what they do historically I, because it does it does take I place think, in new york i right? think so if it if it's not that's every year it's very close every year that's interesting yeah but um uh yeah, I mean, I, I saw, like, I briefly read, like, her commentary on it, and it seems like family's just a big, you know, part of it. Yeah. Um, He's a mother, like. And she wants to have, like, another child and everything. Yeah. And, and, like, and she, like, brings up a good point. It's just, and because, well, like, let's face it, like, a lot of sports that we watch is, you know, just male-dominated leagues. I mean, yeah. this is what we watch and this is what we consume on a regular basis. And we don't really, you know, Serena Williams, in some sense, is the biggest, you know, female athlete um, in the world. Yeah. And Of all time. And so, like, the if, if somebody's going to give us a glimpse and, like, have that, uh, give a glimpse to that lifestyle of being, you know, a female athlete, like, who has to, like, you know, deal with you know she was talking about being pregnant when she won um the australian open i think in 2000 and um 2000 is something uh but uh you know just like that you know to give a glimpse to that aspect and that like unique characteristic of you know like you know succeeding as an athlete like as a female athlete like serena williams would be the the athlete that would give us the most you know publicized and like the most you know focused um uh, reality of that. And so it's something that, you know, it's, it kind of, it really does suck. And it's, uh, that that's like such a limiting factor, right. Um, for a lot of, um, like great female athletes. And I'm sure like it's, you know, affected a lot of, uh, female athletes. We just don't hear about it as much because none of them are nearly as high profile as Serena Williams. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's all, that's all I want to say about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's um, it's always always sad when kind of a goat of the sport of any sport, um, decides to hang up the. And for Serena, um, for Serena, I I think the time is also right in terms of like her play as well. Um, she hasn't gotten to a final since two thousand nineteen. Um, she hasn't won anything since 2017. Yep, got bounced out of Wimbledon, I think, pretty early um, this year as well. Mm-hmm. I think round one. Or, yeah, very, very yeah, early. Round one. Yeah, round one. So, uh, yeah, um, it's 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 a little sad, but you know, you can see that. Her career is obviously kind of coming down, winding down. She's now ranked, you know, well past 400 the world. Uh, a long place, a long uh, fall from number one, obviously. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a little, it's always going to be sad when a, when a goat retires, like Serena, and she is... Um, a goat in a lot of senses. She's she doesn't have the most um titles of a woman tennis player, but she's second with twenty three um titles. She is the 
the highest earning woman athlete of all time, and I believe it's not even close. Um, she has all the accolades in the world. She has doubles wins with her sister, which is also special and unique about about Serena. Um, she and then you know she and her sister kind of brought a what do you call it like a um a new era to women's tennis where they brought a a new level of athleticism and power um that had not been seen before in in the sport which is why i consider her to be actual straight up goat despite not having as many titles um as, as the number one player but um yeah what else is there to say I mean, nothing. I think, um, I think for sure. I mean, I, I was watching a little bit of like, you know, the Wimbledon stuff, especially that uh, Curios like Sissy Pass match, you know, uh, the, the juicy stuff, right? You know, you know, the stuff that you kind of just watch more for entertainment rather than the quality of tennis. I think that's always kind of been the case for me. Like, I'll just watch, you know, the, the highly, um, yeah, the highly publicized ones, the yeah. ones with, you know, very, cool narratives behind and so i'm sure the u.s open that's at least going to have that going forward is that serena williams i mean this is going to be her last you know uh, grand slam event and so plenty of narratives and of course uh, there's always stuff going on in the um in in the uh men's section as well so uh, i think it's going to be a fun one and i and i hope to you know watch a little bit more of that stuff um uh when it's uh when uh, when it's on when it's on the television and Late August. Awesome blog. Alrighty. Uh, but that's about it for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. And as always, we'll talk to you next week. Keep it 111. Peace out. Peace.